When I was 17, I butted heads with my father. I butted heads with him all the time. The dinner table was something to behold. It was a war zone. I didn't say the things I was thinking because I knew what would happen to me. But I thought them. And I needled him. We were at each other's throats, and I think my mother thought we were actually going to come to blows. She'd been working in the church for a few months. She was earning money so that she could send me to college. And she used some of the money to send me to a summer camp 500 miles away. It was a good plan. You see, it was a music and arts camp. I played trombone. I thought I was the best kid trombone player, well, in the country. I'd always been first chair in every band I ever played in. And when I got there, I auditioned. And it was one of many camps, but I auditioned. And I was number six out of 80. I wasn't number one. Surely the guy that auditioned us made a mistake. Well, while I was there, someone maliciously destroyed my trombone. It was wrecked. They intentionally smashed it. I had worked three years to pay for that instrument. And I was devastated. I was undone. A group of people that I met had invited me to go to church with them. It was a different flavored church from the church I had been going to. So it was okay to go. I could rebel a little bit. And something happened to me. The sky became intensely blue. And the grass was so green. And the trees were green. And my senses were all heightened. And in a few weeks, I was watching Billy Graham, one of his crusades. When I received Christ, I was sitting at home in front of my television. And I asked Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I gave up my music scholarships and I went into pre-med and I became a doctor and I later became a priest. I was never the same. I was blessed in so many ways. Jesus opened my eyes. In our Gospel from John, Jesus passes by he sees the man born blind from who was blind, blind from birth. His disciples were with him, and they asked, "Who sinned, this man, or was it his parents?" And Jesus said, "His blindness did not result from some specific sin." Jesus answered, "It was not that this man sinned or his parents." 
but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Today, we're about to look at some amazing works. This was an opportunity for miraculous healings to take place as a display of God's power. Two, yes, two extraordinary healings were about to unfold. Jesus is the light of the world. He must work the works of him who sent him while it is day. Night is coming, and no one can work. He'll be handed over to suffering and death. Time is short. So Jesus spit on the ground and made mud. He anointed the man's eyes with it and sent him to the pool of Siloam, telling him to wash. And he did. And the man came back seeing. God fashioned us from mud. Mud is what we're made out of. O man, thou art dust, and to dust thou shalt return. You may have heard those words on Ash Wednesday when ashes were imposed on your forehead. You may have heard those words at the graveside of a friend. But why? Why was this man born blind? What was the cause? Now, doctors use fancy words like etiology and pathogenesis. <laughs> translated me cause. They use words like that. Why would a good God cause this man to be blind? And then use his blindness and his healing as a display of his works. So let's see. The man is healed at Siloam. Will the healing somehow give glory to God? We all know that he's all-powerful. We know that he can do anything. He sees everything. He can accomplish anything. And he wants all praise and he wants all glory. He wants us to give him glory. And sometimes I wonder, why doesn't he just give himself all the glory he wants? And there's an answer. First, he wants glory because he is glorious. He is beautiful. He wants us to see reality. He wants us to see his glory. There's something wrong with us if we don't see it. James says he wants us to be mature and complete, lacking and nothing. He wants us to perceive his value and know that he is the source of all that is good, joyful, and blessed. Second, he wants us to draw closer and become like him. He wants us to glorify him for our own good. The closer we come to him, the better our life will be. And third, we need to place him at the top of our list, at the top of all things. He keeps us safe. When anything is more important than God, we're giving that thing more glory than God. If it's taken away, we're left in pieces. When my trombone was shattered, I was left in pieces. I was devastated. But he had, he had a plan for me. And if he, we put him first, we'll be okay. It's hard for a doctor not to think in terms of cause. 
But there is something much more important in the Scripture today. It's purpose. Purpose. What is God's purpose? What is the divine purpose? What is the use of this display of His power? What is His purpose? Your pain, your sorrow, your sickness, your financial troubles will not be resolved if you can only find the cause. Blaming someone, blaming a virus, blaming a cancer cell, blaming someone will not help you. Obtaining the definitive lab test won't heal you. Obtaining the definitive treatment or procedure won't necessarily heal you. It can't heal your soul. It can heal your body, but it can't heal your soul. You need to look for God's purpose. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. What will God do with my situation? How will He use me? Now this is hard. But we must value being with God for all eternity more than living in comfort now. I want Him more than my eyes. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Having the eyes of our hearts opened and enlightened will know what is the hope to which He has called us. The riches of His glorious inheritance of the saints. How can we possibly live with God forever, someday? He's holy. How can we possibly be in His presence? We were all born blind. We're all sinners. We all live in a fallen world. We've inherited original sin from Adam and Eve. We are all born blind. Mankind still has the image of God, but we have been tarnished and we've been dimmed. Our bodies become subject to sickness and death. The garden with the tree of life was no longer accessible to Adam and Eve after the fall, and it's not accessible to us now. This is the status we inherit. We do not obtain the blame for the bad choice that Adam and Eve made, but we inherit the consequence of their choices. We inherit the consequence of their sinfulness. We all acquire their sinful nature that resulted from the fall. We're born selfish and greedy. We're all born blind. We're in need of a Savior to open our eyes. You see, we live in two worlds. We live in this world, the one we see right here. And we live in an eternal world. If you can see that God has a purpose for your life here, you can be strong. You can help others. If you can see God's purpose for you here, you'll be okay. God is the creator, the sustainer, the healer. He, his works are marvelous. 
A man born blind sees God has worked a miracle. And he'll work one for you. God is the lover of our souls. He wants to regenerate us. He wants to give us new eyes. He wants to give us a second birth. He wants us to be born again. He wants to refashion the clay of our souls. In Ephesians we read, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. I want him more than my eyes. But there are 34 more verses. And I'm going to need to use them for, a little, for just a little while. And don't worry, this goes quickly. You see, the man's eyes grow clearer while the Pharisee's eyes grow darker. I want you to look at five encounters. One, the neighbors. The neighbors debate. Some say he is a man who used to sit and beg. And others say he's like him. He keeps saying, I am the man. I am the man. They ask him how he was healed. The man called Jesus, made mud, and anointed my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, received my sight. Where is he? I don't know. But I am the man. This happened to me. The Pharisees asked him how he had received his sight. Well, he said it again. He put mud in my eyes, I washed, and I see. What do you have to say about him? He's a prophet. So you see, at first he says, I'm the man. And then he says, Jesus is a prophet. Third, his parents were called in. The Pharisees didn't believe him. His parents said, yep, he's our child. He was born blind. But we don't know how he's able to see now. They were afraid of being kicked out of the church. You see, if they confessed Jesus as the Messiah, they would be cast away. So the parents say, well, he's a grown man. Ask him. Four, the Pharisees call him back to be interrogated again. Give glory to God. We know he's a sinner. Whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. Personal testimony eclipses bad arguments. Personal testimony is powerful. What did he do to you? I've already told you. You wouldn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become disciples? You're his disciple, but we're disciples of Moses. God has spoken to Moses. We don't know where this man comes from. And now, 
the formerly blind man, the former beggar, is without fear and he preaches to the Pharisees. Why, this is an amazing thing, he says. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. <laughs> they pitched him out. And no sooner had that happened, Jesus came to him. Do you believe in the Son of Man? And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? You've seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. This is the spiritual healing. Jesus offers it as a free gift. The man went from respect to reverence to faith. He saw him as a prophet and then he saw him as Lord. Jesus was not sent to condemn the world, but to save it. He came to open the eyes of our hearts to receive him and love him. He came to take us from spiritual blindness and sin to faith. He stands ready today to heal your blindness and to prepare a way you may live with him forever. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. I pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.